Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome to episode 228 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali, and I'm excited today to interview a researcher and a psychologist on our show on the topic of sexual boredom. If you have been listening to this show, you know how much I love talking about this topic because I feel it's not getting enough attention and it can cause so much issue in our personal and interpersonal relationship. Before I tell you more about our conversation, I would like to personally invite you to attend my free masterclass. The next two days will be your last opportunity to sign up for this class. In this masterclass, I'm going to talk about three ways that you can tackle your sexual dissatisfaction with your long-term partner. Last week, I hosted two masterclasses and I loved seeing you guys there. Uh, so if you want to hang out, if you want to talk about your life, and your sexual experiences, I would love to see you signing up for those masterclasses. I also had the pleasure of having many of other therapists on those classes. They shared with me they wanted to learn strategies about how they can help their clients with their sexual challenges. So if you're a colleague and you just want to come on the masterclass to say hi, or you want to talk about your clients, you're welcome to sign up for the free webinars. Again, these are the last spots for these free webinars. I love doing them, but I'm kind of tired a little bit. So this is going to be the last chance to do these things just because it requires lots of coordination and software integration and all of that. So I'm, I don't think I'm going to do it for a while. So if you're interested, make sure you're going to the show, uh, show notes and you're claiming your spot. As I shared with you, I'm very excited to have a researcher and a psychologist join us. Our guest is Leonard Oliveira. She is a clinical psychologist credited by the Portuguese Board of Psychologists and Sexual Therapists by the Portuguese Society of Clinical Sexology. Currently integrate Porto University's Center for Psychology as a researcher and a doctoral program in human sexuality as a student. Her main research topic is sexual boredom and its relationship with individual relationship and systematic aspect. She has a very interesting Instagram account. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I think it's pronounced Porto at Despair. It's the link going to be in the show notes to her Instagram account account. The way that I found that, one of the hobbies that I have is to read about research and sex therapy, sexual health. And there was this article that was published on March, 2021, just a couple months ago. And it was, she was the first author, her article called a systematic review on sexual boredom. So I thought, okay, this is fantastic. I need to have her on my show. So I reached out to her and she graciously accepted to come on the show. And we're going to talk about sexual boredom, the causes of sexual boredom, and how is that manifesting in people's relationships. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Leonor de Oliveira. 
Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited and honored to have Leonor Aliwaida on our show. <laughs> Did I say it correctly? <laughs> yes, it's, it's close enough. It's <laughs> we were practicing this pronunciation for a good 10 minutes. <laughs> I tried to write it in different ways and I hope it was correct. And Leonor, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm very excited about this conversation. I'm I'm very excited too. Thank you so much for having me. You know, one of the topics that in the realm of sexuality, I'm very, very interested is about sexual boredom because I feel it's not getting enough attention and credit. And I see it in my practice that it's impacting couples and individual sex life drastically over time. So I was very excited when I saw your research on this topic and you've done a number of different research on, on sexual boredom. So tell us, how did you get interested in this study? Well, like many things in life, was mere coincidence, right? I was, I'm, I'm a clinical psychologist and I, I, I was interested in, in, in sexuality. So I, I did this postgraduate studies. But throughout my studies, I was actually working on a, on a completely different matter. So I was working in a, in a big corporate organization and I was doing mostly crisis intervention and briefs, brief therapy on the phone and but but I had to finish my my studies right and and I had to present this last time this final dissertation you know as as we usually do and I didn't have much time and I thought I didn't have time to conduct the research and I really like reviews of literature because it's their good way of just knowing what's there what's over there you know what do we know about this topic and I'm very interested in sexual boredom. And I think this might, this comes a little bit as a confession, I think. I, I think I have this tendency. So, of course, this is something I want to unravel. I want to know how we can manage this, basically. So I decided, oh, I'll just do a review of literature on a topic that I felt, oh, there's plenty of stuff about this, for sure. It's so intuitive, right? It's a topic that we kind of all know what it's about. We may have different definitions, but it's very intuitive for anyone to, to at least I think so. So I started conducting that systematic review of literature and I found out that there weren't many studies at all about sexual boredom, which I found really puzzling because I think it's one of the most important questions we're trying to solve in couples therapy and coupling research with couples and, and, and sexual therapy in general. It's like how to keep the sexual spark alive in long-term relationships, isn't it? This is the, the $1 billion question we're all trying to answer. So I wasn't thinking about pursuing a career in, in, in sexology because I was already doing other, other things. But truth is, I presented my work where I reflected that we didn't have many uh, models or we didn't have models or theories of sexual boredom. We didn't know that much about this topic that could be explaining low sexual desire. That was my perspective. That was my intuition. And one of my juries, Joana Carvalho, uh, felt the, the, the topic was interesting enough. And she, she suggested that I apply to a new PhD that uh, we were, they were opening in Porto University on human sexuality. And I applied and I got in. And later I applied to funding and I also got it, which was surprising. I wasn't expecting so. And then the rest is history. I quit my job and now I'm full time devoted to sexual boredom, which is something very weird to say, I have to say, but, uh, but it's the truth. So, so that's my official job to untangle sexual boredom. And I'll, I'll tell you a bit about what I know. <laughs> 
I, I love that, that that's your job. And <laughs> similar to you, this has been something that keep coming in in my office. And I'm sure for many sex therapists and couples therapists, that it's a common question that people have. They want to be remain in the relationship that they have, but the sex is just not exciting. Is it's it's even at times below average for a number of reasons, but sexual boredom is is one of it, one of the reasons. And that's why I was so excited. I was like, oh, that that's an actual thing. People are studying it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very excited that that you're you're doing this work. And similar to you, I I am I'm, I'm a person that likes adventure and novelty. And it's always been in my mind that love and connection is important, but you also want to have passion and excitement. And I'm always curious to see how people are kind of like creating space for both. So tell me, and based on your research, how do you guys define sexual boredom? Okay. So when, when I started working on this, I found only two definitions, which is not a lot. Uh, so, and they were very poor in my perspective because so one, 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 there were just two authors that said that sexual boredom is the tendency to be bored with the sexual aspects of life. And there were two other researchers that said it's being bored with boring sex. And this kind of didn't tell me anything. So, so what is it then? So, so, okay, it's about boredom. I, I get that. I know what boredom is. We all get bored with when things are not interesting. You know, we want, we need to study something and it doesn't interest us. We're trying to watch a movie. It doesn't interest us. We get bored. Okay. We know what boredom is. So it seems it's like boredom applied to sexuality. But what does this mean? You know, how, how do people navigate this? How do they define it? So basically, because we didn't have that many definitions, we, we decided, and together with my supervisors, Pedro Nobre and Joana Carvalho, we decided to conduct this, this study uh, where we asked people what sexual boredom meant to them. And this was a large uh, community sample with people from different genders, different sexual orientations, was quite diverse. Middle class, white people, but diverse in certain, so it was diverse not in this demographic aspects, but more in terms of gender and sexual orientation. And, and, and they, they, you know, they, they gave rich responses. So most people seem to relate sexual boredom with sexual monotony. So with routine, with dull sex, etc. But many also related with a, a low sexual desire or sexual interest. So these seem to be like two very important dimensions of sexual boredom for people, you know, not for for the academic people, but from like, and many people also describe instances of low sexual pleasure or satisfaction, not having an emotional connection, not having sex as frequently as one would like. So people would give answers on these varied themes. And then some of them were very generous and they kind of tried to explain why sexual boredom happened. And, and they related with individual aspects like, uh, you know, it's when you're distracted or when you have too much in your mind or it's because you're tired or anxious. So they mentioned negative mood, distractions, fatigue. Those were some of the individual factors they thought could be explaining sexual boredom. But they also explained it by due to interpersonal factors. So factors related with the partner, uh, you know, one's partner or with the relationship itself, like duration, which makes a lot of sense. We know that long-term relationships tend to have an impact, a negative impact on desire, especially in women. We know this in heterosexual relationships. And and so they really, they would say things like, uh, is when your partner is incompetent or when your partner doesn't want to know about your sexual pleasure, or they would just justify it's when relationships are long, 
when you you when you oh you only have one partner and things like that. And some of them they also said stuff like uh, it has to do with sexual practices. Some sexual practices are just boring, you know. Masturbation is boring. Some would say, which you know we could all we could agree to disagree in my perspective. <laughs> but uh, um, but you know, but it's valid. You know, some some people like some things, and 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 we all like different things. That's the truth. So they related it with specific practices. So I didn't extract practices that were boring. I just had this group of people say, "This is about this is related with this practice. I don't like it." Or when they insist in doing this. So so basically, I would say, according to this participants, uh, what we believe is that. Sexual boredom is that the perception of monotonous sexual activity or unpleasurable sexual activity um, or lack of sexual desire um, that is related with individual relationship and practice related aspects of sex that can lead either to sexual novelty and basically to the path of fighting sexual boredom or when you don't do anything about it because you, sometimes because you can't sometimes because you don't want to, you're not willing, then you're more likely to go through to the path of, you know, wanting sexual desire, you know, declines, having declining sexual desire. So I, I felt it was, even though this was a very simple study, it was very interesting how people just trying to define sexual boredom in a few sentences, they gave me a lot of information. So I do think sexual boredom is about the way you perceive your sexual life. So it's subjective and it has to do with sexual monotony and 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 most likely with declines in sexual desire and then there's you know a bunch of factors leading to this but that we still have to find out a little bit better and, and we'll talk a little bit after i know you're going to ask me a few questions on this topic so i'll just wait for it well, I, I love to hear how common it is that people have their own definition of it. It's not even something that you have to kind of explain to people. When we say sexual boredom, people know what we're talking about. I know kind of as far as a research definition, we need to have a definition to study it. But it's, it's such a common experience. And I love that you talked about it being connected to low desire. I know sometimes the perception is that women have low desire or lower desire in the later stages of life. But it's my experience as a clinician is that sometimes women are not interested in the kind of a sex that they're having, that they're having the same experience over and over 20 years into it. And they want to be a good partner. So they say yes out of obligation. But of course, every time you're saying yes to something that's not exciting, then you're reaffirming that sex, this, this is not what I want. So I think it's wonderful that you've been doing research on that. And you know, one thing that's interesting at times people, when they talk about being sexually bored or finding this particular sexual context boring, at times I hear this feedback that big part of it is distraction. Maybe you're not showing up. And I know in, in your research, you talk about distraction being a factor, but I don't think it's a, as, as you said in the research, it's the whole story. So it's just not like it's a matter of us practicing mindfulness in the moment and the issue gets resolved. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I wish it was that easy, to be honest. I think mindfulness is an, an amazing tool, honestly. Nothing to say about that. I just think that it, it, it may not be enough. I mean, it's it's definitely helpful to, to many women. You know, we know it's extremely helpful for women, you know, who are recovering from cancer or who have chronic illnesses or that entering in menopause and, and, and many other women who have racing thoughts, I guess. And not just, just women. We, we know, of course, uh, uh, alphabetic thoughts also have a huge impact on, on male sexual function, not just women. But, uh, but 
for women in particular, we know mindfulness is a good tool. The problem is, and we don't know much about this. So I'll, I'll, I'll you know, this there there are good news and there are bad news here. But I'll start with with well, I'll start with the, with the good ones. So we know from novelty seeking, we know right, and and this is not my research. This is from from other authors. We know that of course people who tend to implement novelty in their relationships, whatever that means, but novelty, they tend to have lower levels of sexual boredom, which makes sense. So we could expect that if we introduce novelty, we would see increases in in sexual desire and decreases in sexual boredom. But as far as I can see, I mean, we we don't know this yet, but uh, there's also a possibility that this doesn't work with our normal partner, with our current partner. So I'm not sure if novelty seeking or introducing novelty is enough because I guess in the end with boredom, what we're all seeking is that feeling we once had in the beginning of the relationship, like where everything flowed. It was just, there was just flow all the time. There was just feelings of sexual flow throughout the relationship that made sex feel natural, but it, but it wasn't right. So there were, we were constantly feeling and thinking about sex and about our partners because we didn't take them for granted. For instance, we weren't with them all the time. And, and so we kind of build the scene to, to, an interesting sexual encounter. And then we move in together because we feel that's what we're supposed to do, right? We have that relationship escalator that tells us, so first you you date, you get along, then eventually you'll move in together. You might get married and have children if that's the route you want to take. But if you don't, like then you discover, you know, you you found the one, <laughs> you found the the one, and and you uh, and you should have an interesting life, sex life, and and life in general. And that and we know that that isn't what what happens, right? And um and I don't have many answers yet, but I'm very committed in trying to find them because uh, the idea, this idea that sex is supposed to be incredible every time, we know it's. Well, we know it's 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 doing a lot of well a lot of wrongdoing because it 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 really it's not like that. We we don't feel spontaneous desire just by looking at our partner that we are together with for ten years. But we can build we can build some we can we can build this this scenario. But uh, I'm still I still don't know if that would be enough. That's the problem. I don't know if introducing novelty suits everyone because it does demand a lot of investment and we're not always prepared or willing or have the capacity to invest in bringing novelty to our relationship all the time so i guess we'll have to find out what works for some people and what what doesn't of course novelty seems like a good way but why it's so difficult for us if we know this it's very intuitive as well we're bored because we lack of stimuli. So we need more stimuli or different stimuli. Why can't we do this? Why Why is it so hard to introduce novelty in our relationships? What's stopping us? I don't know yet. Hoping to find out in a few years. But uh, I'm sorry I don't have a, an answer for you. But I'm with you trying to find it. <laughs> I swear. I won't right. give up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all counting on your research. <laughs> okay, exactly. <laughs> give us some no, answer. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> well, but you know what I notice is like even introducing novelty can be an art and a, 
in a way, science in the long-term relationships, because many people, they don't have the tools and strategies to talk about sex. And this can be very complicated concept that like you're sharing this with your partner. You don't want your partner to feel rejected. You want them to be open. So that's, that could be part of it. And also, I, I love that you're saying that introducing novelty, like if it's only an act, it feels like if you want to play uh, in a movie and say, I'm, I want to write a movie and I'm just going to get some costume. It's definitely it. more than that. You need to have a story. You need to have different elements. So I I think that's that's why many people's sex life is lacking that richness because they're not incorporating all aspect of their erotic self in that that part. No, that's that's so interesting what you're saying. I I I, I really I really hope we can get somewhere with this <laughs> because we because we need it. <laughs> well, I know part of your study you were looking at hypersexuality and its connection mm. to uh, sexual boredom. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, sure. So it, it doesn't sound as intuitive for the ones that are listening this far because we were saying that sexual boredom is related with declines in. in so basically with low sex, sexual desire now we are saying oh but it's also related with high sexual desire which is you know hypersexuality let's say put it in simple terms i'll have to have have a detour here just to talk a little bit about the relationship between boredom and hypersexuality so not sexual boredom but general boredom because basically some some academics some researchers suggested that hypersexuality could be a consequence of, of managing, of trying to manage boredom. So the, the idea is that the, the boredom prone individual will use sex to manage their, you know, their feelings of, of, of boredom. But as, as you, you probably know, hypersexuality didn't come in in the diagnostic manual. So, but we can still talk about, about hypersexuality, even though it's not diagnosable. So the idea is that there are these dysphoric mood states that uh, we try to fight and some people will try to fight it with sex. So we, they use sex or sexual behavior to try and manage this, 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 this feeling, this uncomfortable mental state that, you know, boredom in, in the case. And, and I, I conducted another review of literature, which I told you I really like to do. Just to see, but is this relationship real? Is is this like we hypothesize this, but do we do we actually know that boredom is causing hypersexuality or hypersexual behavior? And we did find some evidence that there is a relationship. Studies are pointing that there is a relationship. The problem is that we can't fully determine the direction of this relationship. So is it boredom causing causing hypersexuality or is it hypersexuality that is causing uh, problematic sexual behavior that leads to loneliness and then to boredom and possibly then to sensation seeking, which will in turn maintain sec uh, the, the, the hypersexuality. So it's, it's complex. We don't know. And I, I, I don't think with the research that has been done thus far that, that we, we have this answer. So there's surely a relationship. Or this, for some people, this might be the case. So maybe it doesn't, it's not like this for everyone, but there are some people who are more boredom prone who may use sex to escape uh, boredom, but we still don't know if, if, how does it happen or if it happens in, in, in many people at least. And with sexual boredom is even more, more, more complicated. These studies are all made with men. So we don't know because, you know, 
when we study compulsive sexual behavior or hypersexuality, we study men and we study risk. So in fact, we don't really know exactly what's going on with women. And in this case, well, we, we don't, we, we're not really sure if sexual boredom could, could be related with, uh, with hypersexuality or not, to be honest. So once more, I don't have answers for you. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's such an interesting one though. Because what we know, uh, and, and this is slightly different, so we didn't study hypersexuality. I'll tell you about what uh, we found in a study uh, that, that we are conducting. It hasn't been published yet, but I'm hoping it will very soon. So what, what we found, and these were not hypersexual patients or anything, what we found was that uh, people uh, with high sexual sensation seeking, people that tended to high sexual sensation seeking, also had high desire, high sexual desire, high sexual excitation, and they also had uh, high sexual pleasure, high sexual satisfaction, but they also had high uh, sexual boredom. So it's like, I'm sexually bored, so I look for sexual stimuli. I'm, I have, I activate the sexual sensation-seeking behavior. But it seems that it, for these individuals, at least, it didn't bring that much distress because they had high sexual pleasure, high sexual desire. So it's a bit, I think it's interesting. It makes sense, it makes sense in, the, in the model of hypersexuality, but at the same time, it doesn't seem problematic. So because, okay, I'm sexually bored, but when I look for sex, because I'm, I have high desire and high expectations, excitation, I also find that the activity is pleasurable and satisfying. So it doesn't seem very problematic, right? So even for people who have higher desire and this higher need, this, this higher sen sexual sensation seeking, and even if they feel sexually bored, it still doesn't mean that is very distressing for them. So I don't know about hypersexuality, but I know that people with higher sexual desire may have high sexual boredom, but that, that doesn't mean that they're bothered about it. Or at least I would speculate they're not. I didn't ask about their distress, so I'm just speculating here. So, so this is what we know about sexual boredom and how it relates or correlates. Because this is a cluster analysis, so it's all correlations as well. But this is what we know. So there are some folks that will tend to, to sexual boredom, but that manage it through sex. But this is not a problem, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love these are all fascinating findings. You know, one thing that I'm curious, again, I, in my clinical practice, when when there are infidelity, when there's an infidelity, then I see that there at, at for some couples, the sexual boredom was part of it. Is that something that you've seen, I know, in the meta- analysis that you've done. Did you see studies around that? Yes, there are more theoretical studies and empirical studies. So, so there are a few studies where researchers found that one of the reasons to commit infidelity was boredom or sexual boredom. But these are very limited studies. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too keen. I wouldn't to say, yes, the boredom is, uh, I mean, it makes sense. But I think it's way, it's, it's infidelity or it's so complex. It's, it, it's definitely not something. It's, it's not a cause and consequence. It's not one thing happened and that led to this. I think it's, it's, it's much more than that. So for me, it's difficult. Of course, we can think about it in those terms and it, it, sure, it can surely play a role. I, I can definitely understand that. But maybe in that case, we should think that maybe the problem is that we, we are, 
we we believe that monogamy is the way to go. Maybe if maybe if we had a more flexible view of relationships, infidelity or being non-monogamous wouldn't be such a problem, and infidelity wouldn't exist in this sense because it would be something negotiated. It would be part of the. So I don't know. We can definitely go <laughs> to, to so many uh, you know topics on this one. But yes, of course, I, I I think it could it could play a role. But I wouldn't be ne- I would never say that. Uh, I would never just assume yes, boredom is the main cause of uh, of a relationship breakdown or infidelity. I think it's always always a lot more complex than that. Definitely, and you know what's interesting. So I, I'm someone that's my sexual temper temperament is I'm adventure seeking. I, I like excitement, but I've noticed in myself that when the boredom at times is higher, it's mm-hmm. correlated with other things that's going on in my life related to kind of my overall well being. So as you said, that it's it, these things are very complicated and multi layered. You know, one mm-hmm. thing that's interesting that uh, we're definitely going to talk about your Instagram account. And I know that it's on Portuguese. And I was like, oh, let me see what she's talking about. And I saw you posted something about this movie, Newness, that I recently watched. What did you think about that? Well, I think, and, you know, and I'm not a film, a movie right. critical, so, so I won't go into that. I think it was very real in the way it was portrayed. Like, I, and I'm not saying that represents everyone, every couple, but I, I could definitely see myself there. Because I have this feeling, and I'm not sure if I'm right, that sexual boredom can be related with lack of sexual pleasure. Okay, so you didn't have that much pleasure, and of course that would explain why you're bored. But I think it can also happen to people that actually they they're high on desire, on sexual motivation. They're you know effective in reaching pleasure. They may be even assertive in in reaching pleasure, in negotiating pleasure with their partners. But for some reason, even for those folks who theoretically would have anything, all the tools they need to have a fulfilling sexual life, after after some time, it doesn't. And for for this couple, they they went on the route of you know of no monogamy and opening their relationship. And and then even though I think I could relate, and and I think the, the movie has. I really like the way some things were portrayed. I, I didn't like the fact that they portrayed non-monogamy as something that doesn't work. So that's the only thing. Like, it's so, I, I believe in it until there's just, okay, so it doesn't work. Let's just forget. I would like to see, and I'm not saying it, 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 it's easy, and I'm not saying it works for most people. I'm, I'm certainly not saying that. But I guess I would like to have just, um, I would like to see non-monogamy represented in slightly different ways. And because it, it seems that, at least for the most, it's represented as, you know, this doesn't work. This is problematic. And, and I guess it is. And, and one of the main difficulties because society looks at it, at it in such a stigmatizing way. But yeah, so, so that was, you recognized Eunice in my, because you couldn't read anything else because it was in Portuguese. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about this. <laughs> well, I yeah. saw the movies you post and, you know, it's interesting that I had exactly a similar kind of reaction to what you were talking about with the movie. I was like, oh, this seems interesting because I'm interested mm-hmm. in sexual boredom. And then they started, they opened up the relationship. I was like, okay, this can 
can be interesting. And I, I know it even portrait Esther for, for a, a scene of it. And it, I felt like the way it unfolded that like they were going back to this kind of hierarchy of relationships. See, exactly. we opened up non-monogamy was just a band-aid and let's get back to monogamy because monogamy is the answer. And I didn't I like know. that. No, I, I, it's, I think it's more complex. And I'm not saying that's not, a, a, you know, a legitimate trajectory. I'm not saying, of course, I mean, we, ju- we should own our own narrative, of course. And I'm not saying that that isn't a possible narrative. I just, I would like to see a bit more flexibility. I would like mm-hmm. to see a bit more diversity just just because i think we we deserve to to reflect on on non-monogamy as an alternative perhaps for, <laughs> to sexual boredom i don't know but i think sexual boredom can will also exist in polyamorous relationships for instance and non-monogamy i, I don't think non-monogamy is the solution to sexual boredom either so it's it makes it even more complex but yes, so interesting. You had the same feeling that I did. <laughs> well, for our listeners, it's, I think it's free on Netflix. You can check it out, Newness. You can let us know what you think. This was my reaction. I, they had me un, until they, they, the scene kind of like they pivoted <laughs> toward what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I would be curious to see if that resonates with our listeners or not. So tell us, I, I bet that there are so, I know there are so many colleagues that are listening to my show and I'm sure they're very excited to learn more about you and your practice so what are what are some of the places that can people find you well i when i'm working in my scientific stuff i write in english but as when i try to give back to my community i do it in portuguese so i have this i have i had this blog for a long time and now i have an instagram account where i try to do uh, some sexual education and and you know advocating for sexual rights and that's pronto and that's um, I can try to spell it to spell it using the NATO alphabet. It's uh, Papa Romeo Oscar November Tango Oscar Delta Echo Sierra Papa <laughs> India Romeo Pronto Chipira. You will write it. I just yes. I wanted to practice my NATO <laughs> alphabet. That's why I'm sorry. I love that. I mean, it's gonna be the show note though. Exactly. <laughs> if we're not able to write it. <laughs> I know, but there there's just um, there are so many other things I'd like to, to, to discuss with you, especially from the, the cluster analysis, but I, I know we don't have that much time. I know you wanted to talk about, you know, what causes sexual boredom? Is it more personality? Is it more the relationship? And I, I, I had some answers for you, but I don't think if we still have time or not. <laughs> well, I would love to have you back because I, 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 you're doing such an interesting research and you're doing great work. So I think we definitely need to do part two. <laughs> Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> awesome. Again, thank you so much for coming on this show. Is there anything else that you want us to, uh, our listeners to know about you? Anything that we haven't talked about in this context? Well, uh, there are many things, <laughs> but uh, I, I can sense you want to wrap this up. So I'm not going <laughs> to open up anything. No, yes, they can find me on my Instagram, uh, Peach. And even though, of course, any everything that I published is in Portuguese, everyone's, of course, more than welcome to to send me, um, you know, direct message, and you know, we can talk in English, obviously, if they're curious about any any aspect. And of course, if you write 
sexual boredom and my name, you'll find the papers I've published. It wouldn't be that difficult because there's barely any people publishing in this on this topic. I hope eager researchers will, will start researching this too because we need to find answers. But yes, uh, for, for now, that's that's where people can find me. Awesome. Awesome. All the information will be in the show. Now, thank you so much, Leonor, doing for doing this research, for coming on the show. And we'll talk soon. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. I had lots of more questions for Leonor. She promised to come back. So if you also have questions about sexual boredom, please send them our way. I would be happy to ask those questions from her. Also, I have a huge favor to ask. About the free masterclass I mentioned, I tried to promote the masterclass on Facebook. And as many of you guys might know that Facebook has changed their regulation around putting anything related to sexual health. And I was just pretty much saying that this is a class for couples and please join us. And maybe I posted it over 15 times. And I think I'm at the verge of my account being restricted. Long story short, if you have a friend that they feel disengaged, they feel sex has turned to an obligation, they don't want to have sex with their partner, or they feel their relationship is fine, but they are not aligned sexually, please forward them the link to the masterclass. I would love to have them at my class so we can talk about how how we can tackle these issues in their relationships. Uh, you guys are my marketing team. Again, I'm scared to put anything sex related on Facebook ads. So I appreciate your support and I'll see you in the masterclass. Hopefully take care. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.